Thanks for checking out the Community Recap Podcast, where there's no cap and all truth. As we discuss various aspects of the Christian life and look back to our past Sunday sermons to discuss what we can learn from them. Let's tune into this week's episode of the Community Recap Podcast. Hey, welcome into Community Recap. Uh, I am so glad to be back with you for another sermon recap episode today. Three I weeks am, in a row. Uh, three weeks, yeah, three weeks in a row. Uh, we good have stuck groove. To We're getting it. back in a good groove here. We've stuck to it, um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I don't even know if anybody listens, but we're still doing them. Yeah, I think I think there's like three or four that are out Probably there. Probably three. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll take it. But uh, I'm your host, Seth, and always joining me on the sermon recaps are uh, PA Passa Adam. Hey, you like PA? Pa, what up, Pa? Pa and Ba on yeah. staff here. There you go. There you go. Community. Um anyway, um how how you doing? I'm glad glad you're you're joining us. Uh what's life been like? And uh we'll jump into a little bit of life. Man, uh this last week had had a few little twists and turns to it. For the most part, I mean Mass Family is doing well. Um schools kind of started back up. Uh yep. Oldest is a senior, um, Jaden, and then the other three are homeschooled, and so you know that's a unique dynamic as far as um, uh, that that goes. But uh, the kids are loving it; uh, they have a great, great time uh, doing that. Last year, there was a few times where it's kind of hard to get them going on, on school. Yeah. Uh, this year, man, they're just they're about it. Like it's it's really cool to see. Uh, Ava's in fourth grade, which. And that's kind of a mind scratcher. But she does such a good job of just jumping right in and getting things done. So, man, we're loving it. Uh, we're loving that. Uh, and so, for the most part, everything was going good uh, as far as uh, family goes. And um, obviously, the ministry, all is going really yeah. well uh, with that. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it. But this past Sunday was just packed. It was just packed banana out. how um, bananas how many uh, people. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're here on campus, uh, well over 700 total. And so, man, that's just crazy. That's just a blessing. Started uh, from the bottom. Now we, man, it is pretty cool to see what God has done. Uh, but you know, in life there's always ups and downs and, you know, in, in the midst of the joys and the highs, there's always some lows. And so, uh, found out this past Thursday, um, my father's health has been declining a little bit. He's been struggling. Um, yep. He's on oxygen. He doesn't really get out much uh, anymore. And so uh, just couldn't really pinpoint anything. And so they uh, found a tumor on his lungs and so did a biopsy on it and found out Thursday that it came back cancerous. And mm. so, you know, in the midst of the joys of life of watching your kids grow, uh, kind of on the other side of the, of that, you know, um, seeing my dad and his health declining and then getting the news of cancer is, yeah. you know, just anytime you hear that, that's, uh, quite a bit of a shock to the system. Sure. And so, but he's doing really well. He's, I mean, he's just leaning into the Lord, trusting the Lord. My mom, uh, doing the same. And, uh, they've got, a, an appointment with an oncologist, uh, coming up on the 31st. And so, 
just praying over over him and praying um, over this time and this season of just kind of walking walking through this together as a family. And so you just see God in all of it. You see yeah. God in the in the highs and the joys of of life, and then. Uh, even in the midst of the valleys, when you walk through some of those things that obviously um, nobody prepares to really walk through, no matter how old you get, uh, you, you see God's hand at work in that as well. And uh, in the yeah. midst of all that, uh, he still provides us joy and grace and peace. And so, you know, just a, a week of a little bit of ups and downs all across the board. I can't help but think back to... Um you know, for Easter, we did your testimony video and just how cool it is to have your dad on that. Yeah. And right. being able to share a little bit of his story from uh-huh. your testimony and, uh, you know, just with that news, just right. knowing like you just, I don't know, just a little piece of yeah of him. Yeah. And I think it, it just goes to show, too, just the way that he has handled it and, yeah. and dealt with, um, at least from what I've seen. Um I mean, he has the he has the peace of the Lord, you know, that surpasses all understanding. You yep. know, I mean, you get that news could send you into a tailspin. But for the most part, I mean, you know, obviously it's not what he wanted to hear. But at the same time, I mean, he knows that God is in control and, and he's just giving it over to the Lord. And he's just going to walk through it as the Lord leads him. And so that that has been cool to see as well just his response to that news yeah. and his his faith in the lord not being shaken yeah. not one bit and so that that's just a testimony to our entire family you know yeah. of who god is in his life and who god is uh over his creation and so it's powerful well if you could if you could just maybe mention how what would be the best way to pray for your family and for ron for for those listening and maybe you know, they would be able to best come alongside. Yeah, you. I, th- I think, you know, one, just um, uh, praying that when they go to the oncologist, they what do they do? Right. What is the what is the treatment? I mean, I'd love it if they got in there and he was like, I don't know why anybody sent you here. There's nothing there. Right. You know, uh, I, I don't even know why you're here. That would Still be could be first right? and foremost. Right. But, but just pray. Lord, I know you're a God of miracles. You could do that. Whether he chooses to do that or not, you know, remains to be seen. But, I mean, we'd love for that, this prayer of complete and utter healing uh, and the removal of, of that cancer. Uh, but, uh, you know, in addition to, to that is also just that that appointment would go good. His lungs aren't in great shape. And so um, to remove it, there's there's a little bit of concern there because, uh, his his lungs already aren't in, in good shape. He's already on oxygen. Yeah. And so to remove some of his lung may may have an adverse effect. That's a good part of his lung, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. The, the where where it's at is a part of it the healthier part of his lung. And so uh you know, there's some issues that go into that. So what does he do? What what can he do? Yeah. And you know, those different types of things. And so I think just clarity and wisdom of how to proceed and what that'll look like, you know, we could we would appreciate that prayer for sure yeah absolutely well um last week uh just i don't know how long it'll go but last week we introduced a little trivia oh man um, and it was and it, it wasn't was, good <laughs> i mean it was great questions but i i mean yeah. i did not do good you know i feel like i gave you a little too too much heat in the first go around no, I like it. I mean, again, because no, now I, I, I learned. Now, now I, I mean, I learned. Don't don't go softball on me. 
Don't go so. I mean, give me maybe a warm up, but don't don't yeah. take it so easy. So what me. I did was I got some true softballs for you. Oh man, I got Come some I got some hard ones. Okay, but I do have right. some true softballs. Okay. All right. Um, and for those you gave me too much credit last week. That's what it was. Well, you gave me too much credit. I kind of came. I don't know. I thought I thought you knew the Bible more than you did. So. <laughs> uh, no. So last week we we had a listener question. Oh, and, yes. Um, praise the Lord. I don't man. know if praise the Lord for what we got a we got a question in. No, we didn't. That's oh. what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, we had a listener question. Oh, and trivia. nobody, nobody, nobody because nobody's listening. Because no it's, it's just us talking. It's just us talking for us. It's just us talking. Um, do you remember it? I want to say that it was. Um, do you, no, no, you remember the question. I know that's what I'm, I'm. I'm trying to say because I knew it when you said it. It was oh, what king acted mad in front of no another king kind of to be. Let me let me let me just. I'll I'll ask it and then you can answer it since yeah. no one else wanted to. Who pretended to be mad to avoid capture and death at the hands of an enemy king? Yeah, that was David. That was David. That, that was, was David. In fact, he wrote a psalm about it. Did he did. you know that? He did. I think it was Psalm 34. Is that right? Nah, I don't know the exact one. Let me, let but me, uh, that I'm is found in First uh, Samuel 21. Yes. We find that. Uh, the Philistine king. He was fleeing from Saul, and the Philistine king said, uh, do I not have enough madmen around me that uh, you would have another one? Yeah, Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There you go. Uh, it's of David when he changed his behavior or acted crazy before Abimelech. So that he drove him out and he went away. And there then he go. wrote uh, Psalm 34 in, re- in response to that. There you go. Yeah. Love how the Bible connects everything. Yeah, I love it. So um, um, you win. Hey, <laughs> you all right. Show him what he's won. Um, but so let's get into this week's. Okay, trivia. come on, man. Come okay. on. So uh, we're going to start off with. A and y'all play along. Few. Y'all play along. If yeah, you yeah, know yeah. these, play along. All here. four of you. Uh, we're going to start off with some Acts of the Apostles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right. So we're going action here. So here's a, here's a softball. Okay. Okay. And, and All right. If I get this wrong, you've set you set it up this, really bad. No, dude. if you get this wrong, I'm I, think, I think we're just going to quit the segment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. After Peter escapes from prison. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, Herod orders the jailkeepers to what? What happened to the jailkeepers? Wait, what? Oh, my word. What do you mean? Let me read it again. Okay. After Peter escapes from prison. Yeah. Okay. Herod. Yeah. Orders the jailkeepers to what? Be quiet. Not say nothing. No. Oh, my word. How do you not know this? What do you even... I don't even... (laughs) Are you talking about when he goes to the gate and he knocks... On the on the gate, and they can't believe that it it's you. him, so they run they run away. Acts what? I, I'm I'm not sure where you're you're even at on Acts twelve, Acts twelve. Yeah. Let me read it. When Peter, I literally thought you knew this one. When Peter, no doubt. It says uh, Acts twelve verse eighteen. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the cent- uh, sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. They killed him. He killed him. He killed him. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay. I don't well, remember that. You're so, 0 for 1. Yeah, <laughs> I guess this segment has run its course. <laughs> 
Okay, here's another one. Uh, I bet they said you did. Okay, here we go. Who heard Peter's voice at the door but failed to let him in? God, I knew you were going to ask that. I just literally was reading this. <laughs> I literally was just... It's in just, the same passage. I know it. I was just literally reading this like two days ago. Um, you got this. You got this. What is her name? Oh, my goodness, man. What is her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just up the road. Yeah. Golly. Just up the road. Oh, man. I know you're trying to give me a hint, but that ain't helping me any. Um, my goodness. What is the lady's name? Starts with an R. Mm. I don't. That don't really help me either. I, I mean, I could say Rebecca, but that is, that's not it. It's more of a kind of a Greek name. Man, R H. Yeah, you're not helping me. The answer is I don't know if this is the right pronunciation, but Rhoda. 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 Yeah. That's why I was saying up the Rhoda. road. Yeah, I got you. I knew you were trying to give me a little uh, something, but it okay. wasn't connecting. Okay. Over two, man. <laughs> Over two. At least you knew it. Like, it was at least a female. Okay. Uh, <coughs> here's another one about the Acts of the Apostles. I don't know I want to play anymore. Name a certain disciple at Damascus who was told to find Saul of Tarsus and to lay his hands upon him so that he might <laughs> regain his sight. My goodness. Oh man, I know these. I know. Them. How do you not I know? know this? I know. I I know it. But oh, okay, give word. me just give me a second. Just give me a second to to for my brain to compute. We are questioning your uh, legitimacy, I, you, and sir. you should, and you should. Um. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. You want me to read it again to give you some time? And he's fearful. He doesn't want to go. Lord, this is a guy that's persecuting. God, what is his name? This is not good. What is his name? name? A certain. Don't be looking. You're on what your iPad. Name a certain disciple at name? Damascus who was told to find yeah. Saul of Tarsus and to yeah. lay his hands upon. Oh, him. I know it. I, I, yeah, I, I picture it clear as day. Um. I tell you who's popping in my mind, but I'm it, it it's not correct because that's Peter going uh to Simon the Tanner uh to to bring him the word. Um but that's not who that's what's popping in my mind, but I know that's not right. It's mm. um mm. God, what is that guy's name? I, I'm drawing a complete blank. I'm drawing a complete blank. As soon as you say it, it's gonna be like Oh yeah, absolutely. Ananias. Ananias. wasn't even close. wasn't even registering. wasn't even registering oh in my, my mind. Goodness. wasn't even registering in my mind. Oh my Man, God. this is this is bad. This is sad. I mean, these this are pretty easy to me. In in a way, yeah, okay. absolutely. There. All right. Yeah, I'm not doing good. Here's here's another one. What woman? I got to get one right. What woman was raised from the dead by Peter through the Spirit of God? God, no, dude. <laughs> These are all in the book of Acts, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, I need to get back into the book of Acts. Mm. 
Who did Peter raise from the dead? She died, and then no, he, she died, and then Peter raises her from the dead. She goes to our church. Yeah, not the the, the hints aren't coming. I'm okay. just drawing a complete, absolute blank on all of it. Yeah, I'm just drawing a blank. You want on me to give it. you the answer? Yeah, Tabitha. Tabitha. See, wasn't even, wasn't even. <laughs> what were you near, thinking? What were you? <laughs> wasn't even near my thought of being tabbed. Uh, okay, here's another one. A couple more. We got to at least okay. get one right. All right. What Roman ruler expelled all of the Jews out of Rome in the days of the early church? Yeah, we that, was, just, that was Claudius. Thank you. That was Claudius. Literally just read this on Sunday night. Yeah. So, got that one. Hey, okay. So we're going to go away from the Acts of the Apostles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and since I, I figured since we're in the Journey series, we're going to do some Bible trivia over the life of Jesus. Okay. Hopefully y'all did much better than what I just did. Okay. How many <laughs> This is kind of funny. How many thieves were crucified with Christ? How many thieves? Two. Okay. That could have been tricky because, you know, you think I'm actually three uh, crosses, so you could have said... Uh, no, I don't think so. Three, but there's only two okay. thieves and uh, then the Son of God. Where did the Pharisees claim Jesus got his power from? Beelzebub. That's correct. You see, this is this maybe your sweet spot here. Uh, well, I've been in the Gospels a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, in In the parable... What did the servant whose debt had been forgiven do? Yeah, you're giving me some softballs now. Yep. So he went out. And what did found, he do? He found to, the man the that guy. owed him money, and he he, he choked him. He choked him. He yeah. put him straight in the choke hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who thought Jesus was a gardener when she saw him after he had risen? Murray. Mary. Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right, now I'm going to give you a hard one. All right, come on. And these are verses that you have to complete. Come on. Uh, we find in Hebrews 13. Okay. I know you've you've gone to Hebrews a lot. Yeah. It says, Be not forgetful to entertain blank, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. To entertain... Be not forgetful to entertain blank. Strangers. Strangers is correct. I think some translation may say sojourners, but strangers. Strangers is correct. Uh, let's see. You can do one more? I can do one more. I'm, I'm, right. I'm getting sub, so I'm, I'm kind of feeling better up. about I'm, I'm yeah. feeling better about myself. Yeah. Uh, so now here's a quote. Finish this proverb. Okay. Where there is no vision... Blank. The people perish. The people perish. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Yep. Look at you, man. Okay. Great job. I feel like I redeemed myself there somewhat at the end. I mean, I gave you some softballs. Yeah. But yeah, great job. I'm usually pretty good with names, so I'm surprised that Axe, I wasn't able to, to get some of those names, but I wouldn't even, I mean, there was nothing there. Yeah. There was nothing there. Yeah. Tabitha, I mean, couldn't even, Rhoda, mm-mm. I mean, you knew, like... I kind of knew the story, yes, but as far as the person, I mean, just... You'd think you would remember the lady that was dead and got raised by Peter. You'd think you would remember her name, right? Well, uh, let's do another one for the listeners. 
Okay, uh, come on get, now. Uh, come on, jump on in. Don't be scared s- now. See if we get a response this week. Come on. Let us, or just say you listen so we know somebody's out there. Just at least acknowledge Just send an email this. in and say, yeah, yeah, we, li- we listen. <laughs> yep, we do. Okay, here's your question. It says, uh, when Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, the people that stirred up the crowd against him were Jews from what geographical area? Mm, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah. That's you know, about you Peter. You know the answer? Paul. Paul. When Paul was arrested in Jerusalem, You're right. the people that stirred up the crowd against him were Jews. Right. But, but they were from what geographical area? Okay. All right. Okay. If you know it, email us in at recap yeah. at org. He was at the temple when they when they snatched him up. At communitybaptist.org. All right. Let's jump into this week. Okay, come on. That was fun, though. I enjoy those. Yeah, that's I good. I enjoy those. That's good. Um, all right, so we are f- officially uh, starting the Sermon on the Mount. So this last week, we, we started. I mean, we started it the the week before. Well, I mean, like, but from the, the beginning. But beginning then into the actual flow of it, yeah. Yeah. So we find ourselves in Matthew 5, verse 1 um, through 12, I think. Through 12, And that's uh, that is the Beatitudes. That's right. Um, and so... First off, um, you made it a, just a, a point to really kind of set up the Beatitudes uh, at the get-go. And that point was um, the Beatitudes are already not yet. Right. Already not yet. Um, explain that to the listener, especially for those who maybe didn't attend Yeah. Sunday. What do you mean by the Beatitudes are already not yet? Well... One, I think establishing the fact that uh, w- what a beatitude is, um, it is part the blessing of God or God's favor upon somebody. Uh, but I think the the greater the focus of the word blessed uh, really is the idea of peace and joy and fulfillment and fullness and wholeness. Uh, in Hebrew, maybe the idea of shalomness. Uh, would would come into play, and so it's not circumstantial or um, uh, situational. It, it is the fact that be- because you belong to the Lord, uh, you you are blessed, and um, as a result of that, an a- outworking of that that blessedness is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when we are abiding in Christ and these things are being produced in our life, we experience that joyness and that fullness as it was meant to be as an image bearer of God Almighty in right relationship with God. We start to to, to see the, that fullness and that joy, joyfulness start to be produced uh, in, in greater ways. And so when you look at it, um, I, these are what what's, I would call kingdom ethics. Uh, so as a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, that's mm-hmm. what verse 3 and then verse uh, 10 talks about, uh, or verse 11 talks about the kingdom of heaven. That's kind of the reward of those, those two things is, yeah. is the kingdom of heaven. So there in and of itself is painting a picture of the fact that this this has to do, these these are results of individuals in the, in the kingdom of heaven, which is in complete opposition to those that, are in the kingdom of the world, right? A worldly kingdom. You think about yep. political powers. You think about financial institutions. You think about all those different types of things and how the Beatitudes are in complete opposition to worldly powers, worldly wisdom, 
all of those various things. And so by him setting up the idea of kingdom of heaven and these actions that are produced in the life of a believer, it shows in, in a very real sense that Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world, right? It's not going to abide by what uh, the world deems important or how the world structures their uh, political systems, their finan- financial institutions, uh, really what is important and prioritize their time and their calendar. It, 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 I'm flipping everything right side up because everything's been flipped upside down by, by, the, um, by the fall. And so uh, when we, we talk about already not yet, we, we need to understand that the kingdom of God is already not yet. Christ is, is sovereign. Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That, that's not something that's going to happen in the future. Uh, the fullness of that and the reality of that is yet to be and will come in his, his second coming. And so these kingdom ethics, this um, outworking of the Holy Spirit and the life of a believer that is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven is both just as the kingdom already not yet. So uh, you already experience the blessedness as a believer here on this earth. You already experience in some regard, but not in its fullness, the fact that you are a citizen of heaven, that you, you, you will be comforted when you mourn, that um, you will be satisfied when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, that uh, when you're merciful, God pours out mercy upon you. I mean, you do experience that to some degree now. But you won't experience it in a fullness until the kingdom is actually set up at Christ's second coming. And so, in a way, when it says that theirs is the kingdom of heaven, that's a truth for all believers right now. Because nothing can take the kingdom away from you. But yet, we don't see things as they actually are right now. Yeah. Uh, those things will, will happen at Christ's second coming. And so, we live in that tension of... These are already realities for us right now, just not in the full sense of them. Uh, but one day we know, uh, because it's been promised by God and he doesn't break his promises and nothing can thwart his promises from coming to fruition, we will experience them in the full. Yeah. And so these Beatitudes are not things that you look forward to one day. Uh, they're realities that are present right now. Uh, they're not only for the future, they're realities in the present right now, but yet their fullness is in the future. So I didn't really get into this Sunday, but there's really three kind of main ways that individuals looked at the Beatitudes throughout church history. So you, you have some individuals that looked at them as this is only for, for the kingdom. This is what uh, life is going to be like in the kingdom after Christ's return. So it, it doesn't really have any application to the life of the believer today because it's looking forward to when the the kingdom is is consummated then you have some individuals that um probably fall more into a progressive kind of dispensationalist um kind of theological framework that would say that was for the jews of that day like that doesn't apply to us today because that was that was before the cross that was basically him saying for the next year and a half, this is this is how, if you're a disciple of mine, you should live. Uh, this is kind of pre-Paulinian theology that is worked out in Romans and First they Corinthians. They try to tie into the, to the old law at all. Or uh, in, in a way, I mean, he's he's basically saying don't live by the law. He's giving them a fuller no, picture of the law. 
uh, but it's not in place for us today. And the reason why I think they interpret it that way is because they unfortunately read it through kind of more of a works-based yeah. kind of mind frame instead <coughs> of the already not yet that is there. And then the third is the position that I think is the accurate one that says, um, you know, it was just as much for the individuals that he was talking to in the moment he was given it as it is for us. So it does have some, you know, historical relevance to the people of that day, obviously, uh, but it's not confined to them either. And so there is application and it is meant for us today. Uh, but yet it also does have that future connotation yeah. of it that says you will experience the fullness of it at Christ's return. Yeah. And so um, I think that the already not yet is good to keep that in perspective as far as all the things that God calls us to. Yeah. Right. So in that tension, right, as a believer um, living in that tension of uh, Christ's first coming and then his second coming, uh, what are we what are we to do? Right. I mean, you had kind of mentioned this on Sunday, but um, in that tension, we find ourselves um, having to do something. Right. Uh, I, I wh- think, what would that be? I think the I said communication, you know, the kingdom's communication, but it is. Um, living your faith out, but ultimately it is fulfilling the Great Commission yeah. uh, while fulfilling the Great Commandment. But it is to to go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and in fact, we'll see that this week, uh, verses 13 through 16 could very easily have been added in to this last week's sermon. Uh, but we would have been there two hours. Two hours. Uh, instead of just, just or a two-hour message instead of just one. Um because what you're gonna you're gonna see, I won't you know give the whole text away, but uh, that that is kind of the, the well that is the the focus is the communication aspect of it. You're to be salt and you're to be light. Those you're you're communicating something to the lost and the dying world, uh, and he uses those two substances as a way to give good insight into how we go about that. And, and, and what that is. And so for us that are living in between the already not yet, uh, we are to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with with as many people as we possibly can. Um, so we should be evangelists, yeah. uh, heralds, if you will, uh, that that go. And basically, just as somebody would come before a king uh, back in those days, I would come into a, a town and uh, basically prepare the king is coming through through this town like you better get some things together because if the king sees something he doesn't like maybe he points it out and, and you yeah. gotta you gotta deal with that and so that is for us is to go and to say listen this gracious loving king who died for you while you were yet in your sins he's coming it could be today it could be this afternoon could be this evening he he is coming and all those that repent and believe they have eternal life and all the precious gifts that come along uh, with those that have repented and believed and all those that are separated, it's going to be the complete opposite. And so that is what we are supposed to do in light of the fact that these are the realities that we have. Now uh, we are to uh, communicate with our lips, the gospel message, but our lives should match that. And the beatitudes are those characteristics uh, that really match a, a life uh, to the message that says you're not saved by your works, you're saved by, by faith, 
you place your faith and trust in Jesus and you are saved, you're made new, you're forgiven of your sins, you're born again, then our life ought to match that that message. Now, again, we live in the tension of already not yet. We're going to falter. We're going to fail to some degree of living that out perfectly. Uh, but we should be growing in that, and there should be a desire in our hearts to share that good news with other individuals so they can, too, be adopted into forever family of God and experience the grace and the peace and the blessedness of God at work in their life uh, to where they, they experience that human flourishing. Because ultimately, I think the Beatitudes are a picture of what humanity in God's initial creation were supposed to be and the attitudes they were supposed to have and the life they were supposed to live would be marked by uh, these these eight, well, really these seven. The eight talks about, you know, persecution. But all of these things, I believe, are, yep. are what it means to truly be a human. Well, that's what you had even mentioned in your second point was the Beatitudes are attitudes we are to be. And we are to, uh, as Christians, uh, we should be producing or these should be produced in our lives. Right. Um, and so it's, it's okay, here is our mission. Uh, in this tension, in this time, in between Christ's first and second coming, um, here's what we're supposed to do, but how do we live that out? Right. How do we actually execute that um, and bring Christ to others either through an, an example or, or whatever it may be? Um, so you, you, you mentioned this word Sunday, and I, I kind of got the understanding of it, but um, I wanted you to dive a little bit deeper into it, if you could. And I'm probably going to say it wrong, but you said something about a... Inclusio. Is it include or sinclu? Inclu. Inclusio. Yeah, it's, what? it's an inclusion, okay. right? It's so a, what is that? Explain that. So it is And a, where do you get that from the text? It is a biblical... Um, uh, a biblical tool that the writers use. Uh, it is a way... For them to uh, kind of keep some things in the context. And so you see it all throughout various biblical writers who you find it all throughout the Bible of uh, these various things uh, where they kind of bookend something. And so, in, in order, in the heart of it, to keep um, kind of this connected in a way to say, hey, this is one thought I'm making. It may seem like it's different thoughts, but they're going to be connected in an inclusio you'll, you'll have maybe the same structure as far as uh, the Greek structure of, of the verbs and, and the noun and all those different types of things but typically there's there's some type of phrase that is at the start of the inclusio and then that exact phrase is going to be worked in to the end and it is an indicator uh, from the gospel writer of this idea of being a section together Right. And and again, you don't find that in every book. You don't find that in every passage, but it is pretty prevalent. Uh, it is a tool that is used, again, to help us to know, hey, this all goes together. So just as mentioned earlier in verse three, you see um, the idea that there's or the reward, the promise, the reality uh, for those individuals uh, that on the first one are poor in spirit is that theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. And then in verse uh, uh, 10, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so what this inclusio is providing for us is this 
that all the beatitudes go together. They, they, this is a thought that should not be separated. So again, you, you don't just read one beatitude and say, okay, that's kind of over here and this beatitude is over here. And you, you view them as like different uh, ministerial gifts. Uh, some people have the gift of preaching. Some have the people the, the gift of teaching. That, that's what this is. It's, it's trying to hammer home the fact that all of these should be present in the life of a believer. They all go together. These aren't just islands off unto themselves. These should be present in the life of each and every believer. These are realities for each and every believer, and there will be a complete fulfillment of those in the return of Christ for, for each and every believer. Now, again, I think what he's trying to really set up for us in using this inclusio is that at the heart of the Beatitudes has to do with the kingdom of heaven. In other words, these are these are attitudes of one that belongs to the, the kingdom of heaven, that already, once you place your faith and trust in Christ, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Now, he uses that phrase, kingdom of heaven, because, again, I think he is trying to uh, contrast a worldly kingdom. A worldly kingdom is not set up by somebody who is poor in spirit, is not set up by one who is broken over their, their, their own sins. Is, is not set up by, by one who is viewed as meek or one who is hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They're hungering and thirsting for power. They're hungering and thirsting for stats. They're hungering and thirsting for you know, the ability to uh, rule over others. Uh, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Worldly kingdoms aren't set up primarily by individuals that would have those things marked in their, in their life. So when he says kingdom of heaven, he is trying to contrast what the worldly kingdom and individuals that are living by the world look like in order to live out within that kingdom to those that are a part of his kingdom because his kingdom is not of the world. And he's really trying to hammer that home. And then he comes to this idea of persecution. And that's why I think verse 11 is not a ninth beatitude. It is a, it is a, a emphasizing of the eighth beatitude about being persecuted. Because what he's saying is, if you live for the kingdom of heaven here on this earth, people are not going to like it because you're not going along with them in what it takes to help develop the kingdom of the world. Right. So either you're foolish, you're throwing your life away because that's not how you get ahead in the world, or you're actively working against the kingdom we're trying to build because we're trying to build this worldly kingdom, even though they may not express it that way. And you're living a life in complete opposition of that, calling us to repent of that, to abandon the Tower of Babel that we're building right now to try and elevate ourselves over God. And you've surrendered and submitted yourself uh, to God. And so this idea of kingdom of heaven and these, these various beatitudes really mark the fact that we live completely different from the world. And because we live different from the world, we, we should expect persecution. But yet in the midst of that persecution, there's still blessedness. It's yeah. not like we're doing something wrong. If we're getting persecuted, actually, it kind of indicates that we're doing something right in accordance with living with God to God's word. Now, there are people that flip that right in our world yeah, today. Right. It's like if things are going bad in your life, mm. you must not be living the Christian life very you well. Full of sin. You, 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 if something's wrong with you, yeah. you're not doing, you're not doing some right. And you, you need to, you need to start manifesting some things, brother. You need brother. to start claiming some things. Mm. And in reality, what this is pointing to is like, no, no, when you, when you're living for the Lord, 
uh, a good indicator that you're living for the Lord is that you have persecution. You have people speaking bad about you. You have people that are, you know, um, up in arms against the message that you're proclaiming because the message of Christ is not one that the world is going to embrace. It's a message that they are going to uh, viciously fight against because it calls them away from their own kingdom into the kingdom of God. Do you think, I mean, just getting personal and maybe just your own opinion, but I mean, do you think that is why some people uh, refuse to even try Christianity or maybe get into Christianity and things happen and they're like, this is my life's worse than it was. Or sure. Do you think that could be a deterrent for some people? Because in the day and age we live in, right. Um, you want to be loved, accepted, uh, appreciated, right. Included. You don't want to be persecuted. You don't want, I mean, that's, yeah, that everything I, I, that that's throughout God's creation. Yeah. You have, I mean, it really goes back to the fall, um, and the the scheme of the enemy was that um, God was the deceiver, right? So Satan comes in, he's crafty, and he's the deceiver, and what he tries to plant into the mind of Adam and Eve is that really God is the deceiver. He's deceived you. He's held out on you, Uh, and the only way that you can really um, live out your full potential is if you sit as judge over him, you determine what is good and evil. You, you put God on trial and you sit as the judges and he basically is underneath you. And then you kind of decide for yourself, is God really, really good? Is he, is he really who he says he is as opposed to us saying, no, 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 he's, he's God. We, we, he judges us. We, we sit underneath his authority and all you see the playing out of that uh, through individuals in in line with I just want to go along with what what is what is easy right uh, because surrendering myself to to God Almighty uh, and to to live a life that is divorced from autonomy in the sense of um, me getting to decide what is right for my own life then I abandon the judge seat that the the devil has told me is what actually makes me who I am, I get to decide what is right and wrong. I get to decide what is good and evil. And for me to surrender all of that to God Almighty, yeah, that's that's something that does not appeal to the sinful flesh uh, of fallen humanity. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that is the flesh's desire, right? Is I just want to go with the flow. I don't. I don't want. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I I, I want to be embraced and. Uh, to place my faith and trust in Christ Jesus, um, the vast majority of the world is not going to embrace me for that. It's, well, it's just, I mean, it's, it definitely wouldn't be a popular invitation of who wants to be persecuted. Who right. Wants, you know, like, those aren't things that people desire. And I think right. it's, a, it's a call of, you know, like, the, like it's either you're, you're, you know, you're hot or cold. You're in it or you're not. Right. And, and, and knowing that, with persecution still can come blessing because of what you go through in your life. Yeah. And I think that is oftentimes why we look through church history and we see that the church is oftentimes strengthened through the refining fire of persecution because it strips away all of our dependencies on things of the world and 
uh, all of these other comforts that the world right. tries to lure, uh, uh, lull us to sleep in regards to. And that refining fire helps us to wake up and say, okay, this is what's really important. Yeah, I've got to rely upon the Lord. And two, I find joy in the midst of, of that suffering. Not that any Christian has ever been called by God to go actively seek suffering. Uh, that's not what we're called to. Right. We're not called to just go actively seek it. Sure. Uh, but it will find you when you're living, uh, go back a couple of weeks ago, when, when you're living uh, a life of, of light, as we're called to in, in, in verse 15 and 16 of Matthew 5, individuals that are in the dark asleep, when a light comes shining on them, they don't like it. Hey, yeah. turn that light off. I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep my eyes closed here. I don't want to truly um, be exposed to what it is that that you're revealing to me with the light. Because when the light comes on, boy, you can see how messy some things are, and and people they they don't want that. And so, for you, when you live as the light of the world. In a world that desires darkness, uh, you are going to face persecution. Now, um, by God's grace in this country right now, we don't face it to right. the degree that other brothers and sisters around the world face it. But uh, you're starting to see the, the kind of undercurrent of those things starting to pick up speed to where, uh, you know, you, you are starting to see some of those things start to take root and I'm. I believe that you know, as God's word shows us in Revelation, that it it, it gets worse. Now, how much? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the seven years of the great tribulation is going to be horrendous. It's going to be awful. Now, what is it going to be like before that actually happens, and how much is the church? Because I, I I'm one Pretty that sure. takes the yeah. uh, takes the view of um, Christ taking the church before the great tribulation. Um, but I still think we're going to face some tribulation, just not the great tribulation. I mean, he yeah. tells us you're going to face tribulation. Now, what is that going to look like as we work in that way? And I think it's important for all of us as followers of Christ to know that when those days come, uh, it's not that God is pouring out his wrath on you because he's mad at you because you're not being a good enough Christian. Or I mean, there are sometimes our, our sin does produce chastisement yeah. by God. But when we're living for the Lord, uh, we should expect some persecution and, and some things are going to come. Uh, but yet in the midst of that, God has promised us uh, that our life can still be marked with peacefulness and joy and wholeness because we haven't lost any of Jesus in those those moments. We still have Jesus and we still have him fully and completely. Yeah, it's just like with the culture we live in today, everything is so private. Like you wanted everything to be private. You don't want people to expose you on anything. You don't. Right. And so like just talking about this, um, like it just reminds me of like the stories, right? If we if we are to quote unquote expose ourselves it just in the in the capacity of sharing our testimony and telling people what the Lord has done, even if our past is, you know, bad or right. what whatever you would think, uh, there may be persecution from that from others. You 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 get judged a certain way, you get maybe friends you lose or whatever. Yeah. But I think on the other side of that, think of the blessing that comes from that. The 
the the things the enemy can't use against you anymore to, right. to shame you and to all these different things or try to keep you in private. And so yeah. as a believer, I think you did a great job that we, we are to um, uh, have each of these produced in our life. And um, I loved what you had said about uh, um, the analogy of watching grass grow and how like with persecution can also strengthen your faith. Right. And like how if your grass, obviously grass grows, but if you were to watch it for two hours, you don't see anything, right? Right. If you watch it for, you know, even four hours, probably not going to see nothing. But if you come back in two weeks, man, you're going to yeah. see an exponential growth. Right. And just like what the Lord can do in those times of persecution. Yeah. Where you get on the other side of that and you can look back and you can say, I'm a total different person. Right. Because of the persecution, you know. And so I think oftentimes as, as, you know, maybe as unpopular as opinion it may be, but I think we should almost welcome it. You know, like just because of knowing, one, the Lord's in it with us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's in the valley. Uh, prepares a table before our enemies, and yeah. we sit at the table with him. But the growth, the expectation of man, what is the other side of this going to look like, and what's sure. my life going to look like? Right. Um, and I think those then, man, maybe in those times of persecution in your life, you come out of that and you are meek, or you or have shown signs of meekness. Absolutely. You know, like that's those are the the again the marks. Of, right. Yeah, I think oftentimes when when those moments happen, we do everything we can to avoid them. And what we're actually avoiding is stronger faith. Yeah, it is stronger reliance upon upon the Lord. And I think that's why oftentimes we do avoid it is because we want to be self-reliant. And in those situations, we have no choice but to rely upon the Lord. And you still have that fleshly desire that has worked in, in your life and we need to walk in the spirit and not in, in, in the flesh because the flesh is going to try to take the path of least resistance and it's going to try to take you away uh, from being what it is that God is calling you to be. And walking in the spirit, he may take you right in the middle of the fire. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one thing you had said about the Beatitudes, too, that I think some people, you know, could look at Scripture and um, maybe think that to obtain salvation, X, Y, Z. Right. Um in regard to the Beatitudes, but you, you had mentioned, you know, the Beatitudes are not for salvation. Uh, they're because we have salvation. Right. Right. And, yes. and so speak on that for a second and then we'll wrap up with another question. Yeah. I think, um, again, for, for us, we, we have to understand that, um, we do not have a works-based salvation. Christ was never teaching a works-based salvation. So this is where those individuals would say, this is for the Jews that at that time, would say God's salvific grace had not been extended to mankind, if you will, through the the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross because he hadn't died yet. Uh, but Jesus knows what he's going to do. You know, Jesus is, is, is not just have a message up into the cross and now his message is going to change after the cross. He's not teaching the disciples and walking with them and living with them. Uh, for these three years of ministry, just on the other side of the empty tomb to say, okay, now forget everything I just said. Now go do this. He's teaching them. He is training them of, okay, after I die for your sins and I am resurrected and I ascend into heaven, these are the things that you need to teach and these are the things that, that you need to do. That's a part of the Great Commission, right? Go teach them. Uh, go make disciples, teaching them everything that that I have taught you. <coughs> and so uh, 
the idea is that individuals that live this out are not living it out by their own power and their own strength. These are individuals that are already uh, disciples of Christ, abiding in Christ. Now, yes, uh, once they dwelt with the Holy Spirit, they're going to live th- this this out to a greater capacity, right? Uh, yeah. They're going to be able to fulfill it. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they had to be born spirit to earn the kingdom of heaven. I mean, there right. is a tinge of that in repentance, right? But again, just like in the message, there are individuals who can acknowledge, hey, listen, you know, I need something outside of myself. I need a religion uh, for a salvation. Yeah. Right. I need a higher power. I need wh- whatever the case case may be. I need something outside of myself. So in a sense, they could be born spirit and still be as lost as all get out. Poor in spirit is an aspect of faith in Christ, yes, but what I believe Jesus is teaching, not that if you master uh, X, you'll get Y, because you have Y through faith in Christ Jesus, uh, your life should be marked more and more in greater ways with X. And so when we read it, uh, theirs and theirs alone is the kingdom of heaven, and so therefore we ought to live a life poor in spirit. Because we didn't earn it. We have nothing to boast in. And yeah. so we shouldn't be boastful. We should be humble. And we should be poor in spirit. We should recognize that everything I have comes from God. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the, the comfort that, that, that comes, it's not that if we, if we mourn, uh, then God is required to comfort us. It's that God has already comforted our souls with the fact that we're born again, we're forgiven of our sins. And so what he has died for and forgiven us for, we should mourn over. We should, we should, and you can go down the list and you can look and say, I'm not doing these things to earn this. I'm doing these things because God has already freely in his graciousness afforded me this through faith in Christ. Yeah, man, I, I just, you know, will will be the first to admit like i uh growing up you know i i <laughs> i'm in no way a, a a scholar or you know there's so much more to learn but um you know thankful for people like you because you know growing up for me reading beatitudes it was okay well i have to be right this so that i will obtain sure and i think it's easy to read those like that sometimes absolutely um okay you know god i'm going to be help me to be meek today so i can blah blah, blah. right help me to be poor in spirit today but it was more of which i think it's you know it's okay to pray those things but of, of the reason why sure. is the big is the big difference yeah absolutely so I, think I think it's good it, to pray hey help me yeah, be yeah, more exactly. poor in spirit um but i i'd be the first to admit like man there was a, a a time in my life for, for a majority of my Christian walk where it was okay. You know, you'd read those and you go, all right, buckle up. Here we go. I got to right. do these things. And it's like, no, walking with the Lord, you should just, I mean, those should just be marks of your life. Right. Uh, the, the longer you walk with him, the more you will look like those things, right. act like those I think things. it's it's an outworking of the Lord at work in, in yeah. your life. And that's why, you know, the last point was to, to abide in Christ. And when we're abiding in Christ in his finished work, uh, and we're not trying to earn um, his love and approval, but we're just living out of, of that that was secured for us at the, at the cross, then, again— it, you are poor in spirit because you you understand that you didn't earn anything. Now, again, there's an already not yet aspect of it. So I do think that when we mourn over our sin, uh, it's not just a future comforting. There is a present comforting 
Yeah. And, and, and today, when we truly mourn of our sin, I mean, the Lord. He's faithful uh, to forgive. Yes. And he comes and, and he yeah. restores and he, he cleanses yeah. and, man, he draws. We're drawn closer to him, so he draws closer to us. And so, again, all of the Beatitudes have to really be kept in focus. And that's why, even though it was maybe a little bit longer uh, in some regards, it's necessary to have all three of those components. Yeah. It's already not yet. All of these are to be present in your life, and you have to abide in the finished work of Christ for them to be produced in your life. Yeah, so that just uh, ends this really with with one last question, and and you had mentioned it on Sunday, but I I just wanted to maybe give you a chance to extend some more. But Tabitha, um, that is correct. Yes, that is I correct. got it. That it was Tabitha. Uh, how do we how do we abide in Christ? How do we how do we truly stay? Um, in him? How do we remain in him? Yeah, and I think ultimately is those, it is those three points. I think those are the main ways you do it. You stay in God's word. Uh, you read God's word. Uh, that is his communication to us. And so uh, abiding really at the heart of it means remain. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, to remain in God's word is to remain uh, in submission to him, to remain in acknowledgement that God you have what it is that, that you're the one that is instructing me. You're the one that is guiding me. And I want your word to be the boundaries of my life. And I need to know what it says so I can live within sure. it. Yeah. Because all of God's word is pointing us to Jesus. Yeah. Um, the Old Testament is, is foreshadowing Jesus and pointing us uh, forward to him. Uh, the gospels show us him here walking on this earth. And then uh, what you have from, from Acts and the epistles on is pointing back to the cross. It's all showing us uh, Jesus. And so we need to remain in his word. We need to remain in constant communication with him uh, through prayer that we're just crying out to him. We're laying our hearts bare before him uh, because prayer, again, acknowledges God, you have power I don't. You're sovereign. I'm not. Uh, and we take a posture and a position that acknowledges that. And then lastly, we just we need to trust him uh, because sometimes we can read God's word and we can spend a lot of time in prayer and he is confirmed something in our heart and we talk ourselves out of being yeah. obedient. Right. Uh, and so to, to truly remain in him, which he says, apart from me, he can do nothing. Well, OK, if if we're wanting to live a fruitful and faithful life, then we must abide in him. And so that means to stay connected. That means to trust in him that what he is saying, we're actually applying to our lives right. or else we have detached ourselves from him. We can have all the head knowledge that, that we want, but if we're not applying that to our lives, then we're not truly abiding in, in Christ. And so I, I really feel like those, those are the three ways yeah. that, and you know, ob uh, uh, obedience and trusting him lo looks all kinds of things, right? Uh, the way you serve him, the way that you uh, react to various things that happen to you, um, you know, what you do with your finances, what you do with your, 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 your time, how you prioritize your life, all of that boils down to trusting. And so it's a very general kind of statement of how we abide. But if we stay in God's word, we stay in prayer, and then we obey what it is that he reveals to us through those previous two, uh, then we are abiding in Christ and we'll start to see these things manifested in our life more and more, being produced in our life more and more because he is the one that is producing them. Right. And the more we stay connected to him, the more he is working in and through us. Yeah, that's good. That's good.
Well, that's it for for this week. Um, great Sunday. Just again, invite some friends. Great, I know it was I know it was uh, packed, but you know what? We'll make room. Yeah. Invite some friends. Yeah. Tell yeah. them come on. God's yeah. up to God. God's moving in yeah. in, in um, some really amazing ways, and so. I mean, reach out to your, your, your coworker, reach out to your neighbor, re- reach out to your family and friends and invite them to come with you. Tell them about Jesus in between now and then and tell them, come come with me to, to church. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and we'd love for you to also support us, support this podcast. Um, give this a, a, a five star rating. Um, subscribe to this uh, this podcast on all platforms, any platform you listen to. Um, also share this. We'd love for the word to get out of, of just, um, man, with so many people coming to the church now, uh, just knowing that there's a lot of them that don't know we do this probably. And yeah. so if they're wanting to dive a little bit deeper into the sermons or hear some, see me flounder on trivia questions. Yeah. That too. Or right. hear a story about someone's life or we've had an get apologetic it segment. Yeah, it's a we, great we way. You never know. Stuff. You yeah. never know. Uh, it's been interesting to see that. We don't have, you know, a ton of people that 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 uh, probably tune into our live stream. Yeah, but I've heard several stories of people that are now at the church that even from other states that uh, found our live stream, watching it. God kind of orchestrated things, yeah. and they yeah. moved here, and they were already connected with the church that way. That and crazy. so you really have no idea. Yeah, what just sharing this may do in the life of of somebody or how God may use it. And so just a great opportunity uh, for you to just throw a seed out there and you never know what soil that seed may may land on. So we encourage you share it, rate it, comment, Mm. like it, leave all of those things. Leave a review. Uh, email us just even let us know that that you're out there <laughs> do you have a heart if you have a heartbeat would you email us would you let us know um but also on that note questions man we'd love to answer them we'd love to just hear from anybody uh, it may be just us on this planet right um, but that's okay uh, but that's all we got for this week uh, we love you guys we're so grateful that you are on this journey with us and uh, we'll catch you next week on the community recap podcast See ya.